0: We know that uh, that moment right there of quiet, for many of us, that was the only moment we've had all week. Lord, as we come here this morning, I'm just so grateful for a chance to remember today that you are a God who wants to offer us is rest. And you know our hearts and you know our souls. God, you know our busy lives. And I'm just grateful that in the middle of all of that there's a place of peace and rest that you want us to live in. And I ask God for every person here today um, that you might move, open the eyes of our heart and move within us so that we'll Truly understand how the frantic pace of life around us or just the unsettledness that's within us can be touched by you. I'm grateful, God, that you want us to live a life that's full and free, and that in this specific issue of rest today, I ask that you bring new insight and new skills so that we can walk out of here and live the way you've created us to. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you could have just sat there in that dark and just rested like for a long time? <laughs> I tell you, I, I, this is the fourth service, right? And I'm like, every time I'm just like, oh, just keep the music going. You're right. I'm just gonna chill. Because it is crazy, man, the way that we live our lives. I'd love for you just to imagine with me for a moment. Imagine... Your life with no Internet. Imagine your life with no cell phone. I know you're already starting to freak out a little bit, because you can hardly be with a group of people and not see everybody with their phones in front of their faces. Let's show that. You guys remember, let's see how old you are. Remember there was this time where there used to be things called um, answering machines. Anybody remember those? Yeah? Okay. Now remember, because I was actually, I'm old enough to remember life before answering machines. When when somebody called you, if you weren't there, they didn't get to talk to you. And you didn't even know that they called. God, bring it back. Right? I mean, oh my gosh. Because now today, it's like you can't escape. Anybody at any time can get a hold of you. And if they missed you, you know that you missed them. And then you got to get back with them. It's nuts. Let's go a little bit farther. Imagine your life with no TV. Imagine your life with no radio. Imagine waking up in the morning and you can't turn anything on. You can't check anything. I mean, I'm seriously, all of a sudden, I I read this book one time called A Center of Quiet. And at the beginning of the book, he just said, if you ever try to enter a place of real rest and quiet, you will freak out. Because there's so much going on in your life and inside your soul, and what busyness does is it keeps it all crammed down. And as soon as you're quiet, you know what happens? That stuff starts to rise up, so we go, oh, my God, and you get right back to yours. i got to get busy. i got to do stuff, because you don't want to deal with what's really going on inside there. Okay, let's go way back. Imagine life with no electricity at all. None for years and years and years and years, people lived like that. Imagine this. When the sun set and it went down, what would you do? You'd go down. Like, all right, I guess we're done, right? You know? And for some of us, that would kill us. Like, how many of you are late people? How many of you stay up late? All right. Okay. All right. How many of you are morning people? All right. Cool. That's about 50-50. That's interesting. When I ask how many of you are late people the 930, nobody raised their hands. Okay, got all the early risers. So it'll be interesting to see what happens at 5.30. But can you imagine those of you who like to stay up late at night? Like there wouldn't be anything to do. You wouldn't be able to see. you Just had to go to sleep. And then the sun would rise in, in, in the morning and then you got up. God created a rhythm in life, in his creation. And he also created us to coincide with that Rhythm. Because you know you need to sleep, right? If you don't sleep, what happens to you? Yeah, you go crazy. Thank you for the one honest answer. We do. You can't. In fact, it's actually torturous to make someone stay up and not rest. I read this week again that we as people need eight to nine hours of sleep a day, and yet the average person only gets six to seven. How many of you get six to seven? Yeah. See, you're sleep deprived. It's crazy. And so we're not actually living, and God has created us with this rhythm, but because of all our technology and everything, we can stay up forever, and we can be incredibly busy forever. And so we're talking about our busyness, right? And last week, we looked at the first three commandments of the Bible, where God just said, listen, there's so many opportunities, there's so many options for you to be busy. The first thing you got to do is make me the Lord of your life. Let me get in there, because I know what's best for you, and I know what's good. And then I can help you prioritize everything else that's in your life. If you weren't here last week, listen, uh, grab the message off our website. Today, we're going to look at the fourth commandment in the Bible. And here, God simply looks at us and he says, hey, take a break. Take a break. And so let's look at it. Exodus chapter 20, starting with verse 8. He says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. And therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it. Holy. See, there's another rhythm here, you guys. Let me, let me pull out a few words. Uh, go up to the first verse there, verse 8. So he says, Remember this. Now, again, he doesn't just mean remember that there's a Sabbath. How many of you remember there's a Sabbath, right? You might, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. It doesn't mean just to remember it. The word remember can also mean to do something that one has undertaken to do or that is necessary or advisable. And that's what God's saying here. He's like, Remember the Sabbath it's advisable. Do this thing. The word remember can also mean it can be used to emphasize the importance of what is asserted. And God is asserting to us today that a day of rest matters to you. And so he's saying, remember this day. Do this. The second word is the word Sabbath. In it, at its core, it just means to cease. Great, I love that. Stop. Stop completely cease. That's what it means. So it became to mean rest. And then he says, remember the Sabbath and make it holy. The word holy means completely different. It means separate. It is the word that is used to describe God more than any other word in the Bible. And that means that God is different than us. You and I are limited by time. He is eternal in his nature. You and I are filled with sin. We have this thing where we always think about ourselves and we get goofed up and God is completely holy. His love is perfect and it's non-conditional. God is different than us. And so when he says make the Sabbath holy, he's saying make it different. So one thing you can know is if you live seven days and they all look the same, you just violated the Sabbath. Because there should be a day in your week that looks different. So then he says this, for six days, you shall labor and do all your work. Now, this is good because really there's, in all of us in this room, we have a tendency to worship one idol or the other. And some of you worship the idol of pleasure and of comfort and ease. And actually, you need to listen to the first part of the command where he says, hey, for six days, do something, (laughs) right? He's like, be productive. I created you in my image and I'm a creative god and I produce stuff and it's good to do that. And so for some of you right now it's like God would just say, "Hey, there's seven of these guys and I'm asking you for six of them. Kick it out." All right? Now, obviously that's not what we're talking about, but some of you need to hear that part. Work and be faithful to do that. Now, if you've worked though, for the rest of us and this we're going to hit today because we're Americans, many, for many of us, our work is actually our idol. The thing you worship is your job. And it is what you are devoted to more than anything else. And it gets your best time. It gets your best energy. It gets your full attention. And because of that, God is saying, I'm telling you, you need to rest because here's what happens, you guys. In, whenever there was an idol and anybody worshiped their idol, they always brought sacrifices, right? They, they did that. I'm going to sacrifice these things to that God. And I'm going to tell you, if your job is your idol. You're making sacrifices. And many people are sacrificing their marriages. Many people, parents, are sacrificing their relationship with their kids. Some of you are sacrificing your health. And some of you are sacrificing your very soul. Because there's no time to actually even engage and really know the God who loves you and who gives you life. And so he says, rest. God has a plan for six days' work. And on the seventh day, rest. This is the rhythm that he lived himself and he's given for us. So questions can arise when this comes up. And one question is, well, do I have to do a Sabbath, right? Right? Because isn't that Old Testament stuff? And do I need to do a Sabbath? And, and so this is interesting. Nine out of the ten commands, out of the ten commandments, nine out of the ten are actually mentioned and commanded in the New Testament. There's one that's not commanded. Guess which one it is? Come on, you can help me out here. The yeah, the Sabbath isn't mentioned. And so isn't that interesting? Because really, like, how many of you are going, hey, you know, how many of you have murdered anybody in the last couple months? Anybody murdered anybody? Okay. Yeah. Any anybody commit adultery? Yeah, I know. Don't raise your hand. Anybody? See, we got all these things, and you would not. How many of you have not kept the Sabbath in the last couple months? Oh, come on. Lying's in the in the New uh, Testament top ten too. All right. No. Here and and here's what's crazy is how many of you didn't keep the uh, the Sabbath, oh, I didn't. And yet it's right up there. Isn't that interesting? Like the other nine, we wouldn't even consider. And yet the tenth one the Sabbath issue, we break all the time. So, do we have to do this? Well, you guys, Jesus called the, the the Ten Commandments, he called them the law, right? The Old Testament law. And what he did is the Bible says that Jesus fulfilled the law. What does that mean? It means that he perfectly lived the life you were supposed to live. He perfectly lived the life that you can't live. And then he died the death that you should die. But he did it on your behalf. And so because of that, Romans chapter 10, verse 4 says, Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Christ is the culmination of the law. He's the end of the law. In other words, what he's saying is, I lived it completely on your behalf. So you no longer have to do all these things to gain God's favor. That's really good news. Okay? But here's the cool thing. He says, so I'm going to completely die in your place to make you righteous, because that's what the verse says. The culmination of the law, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. So when I put my faith in Christ, Christ says, listen, I lived the life you couldn't live, and I did it on your behalf. And so now, since I died for you and all of your sin, all, David Nelson, of your sin is gone, and God sees you as righteous. That's really good news. But then here's the other cool thing about Christianity, is Jesus, who fulfilled the law, who did everything that was right, comes and dwells within you. I know this is, this is the most beautiful truth. The Bible says it's the mystery that can't be figured out, and it's the hope of glory, and that is that Christ Jesus can live in you. There is a spiritual reality. Man, if you're looking for a depth of a spiritual reality, I know many people think Christianity isn't spiritual. You, don't, you, don't, you have no idea how spiritual it is. That God through his spirit would come in Christ and dwell within you. And now, the one who finally could do what was right lives inside you to empower you to live what's right for you. So if you're asking the question, well, do I have to do the Sabbath? You're asking the wrong question. It's not about whether you have to. It's about whether you want to be blessed by living the Sabbath. That's what Jesus really, that's what God said. He goes, therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. See, you guys, every one of the commandments was given to us from God to say, this is how you should live. If you live like this, You'd have the life that I created you to, and it'd be full and complete and glorious. And part of that law, part of that gift to God to us, was this day where he says, you've got to take a break. How many of you are excited that you have a God who's saying, take a break? is that good? I mean, that's a good God, man. This is awesome, all right? So if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are Jesus dealing with uh, while he was here on earth, one of the things you'll see is the word Sabbath will pop up a lot. And where it pops up is here, is Jesus kept doing things on the Sabbath and the religious people took this rest thing so serious that they said, you can't do anything. They had all these rules and all these regulations so that make sure that you didn't work on the Sabbath. So Jesus would heal somebody on the Sabbath. They're like, whoa, what are you doing? They'd eat grain on the Sabbath. "Whoa, oh, what are you doing? You know, and Jesus was like, oh God, chill you religious people. I love the fact that he got struggled with religious people. Mark chapter two, verse 27, Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made, oh, this is so good, you guys. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. You guys, God didn't have this holy day called the Sabbath and then go, okay, man, I need, I need to find some people now who I can make live this way. He said, no, I'm gonna make people in my image and they need a day. You see, read that again. Sabbath was created for you. Your God has given you a gift, and his gift to you is chill, rest, enjoy. I love this. Now, how is the Sabbath for us? Okay, let me give you three quick things. Here's why I think the Sabbath, God gave the Sabbath for us. Number one, because, well, here they are. It's because we can't stop working, and we can't stop wandering, and we can't stop worrying. That's people. Anybody relate to those? Right? We can't stop working, we can't stop wandering, and we can't stop worrying. And so God said, listen, man, I need to create a day for you to help you find rest for your soul. All right? Let's look at these real quick. Number one, because we work, God said, I got to give you some rest. And this was the rhythm, you guys, that he put in creation. He he created in six days and he rested. He lived this principle out himself. I thought this was really interesting in studying this this, uh, week, that there were two countries who so wanted to get Christianity out of their culture that they were going to do everything they could to do the opposite of what the Bible said. So France and Russia in their history tried to get rid of the seven-day week. (laughs) right? Because that's in the Bible. And they said, we don't want to have anything to do with anything that's in the Bible. So we're going to nip the seven day week. And guess what happened? It didn't work. They couldn't do it. And so now France and Russia, they're back to a seven day week. They realize there is a rhythm in time that God has created that we just have to live. And so because we work, God is saying, I have put a rhythm of rest in and that you need this. The same thing that's true with your bodies, right? Now, I've talked to trainers, okay? So I don't, I don't know this myself, but I've talked to people about this, all right? If you want your muscles to grow, what do you have to do? No, no, you have to exercise them first, right? Some of you have been resting them way too long. You're like, come on, baby, come on. You got to do something first, right? Just like God said, for six days, work, exercise, but it's true. The muscle grows and builds itself when? When it's resting. And so some of you, for your very souls, you're wondering why you're not growing spiritually. You're wondering why there's still not the fruit that God wants to produce in your life. Could it be because you don't know how to rest? Because you work, God says, you need to rest. And without this break, you guys, if you don't take a break, I'm telling you your relationships can suffer. Your physical health can suffer and your souls can suffer. So God has given to this because we work, we rest. Because we wander, he says you need to refocus. How many of you have trouble? How many of you wander in your spiritual life with God? Anybody wander here? Okay, we all do. We all wander. And so I thought this was so interesting that here's God saying the first three commandments is God telling us, I am the only God that's worth following. I'm the only one who's right. I'm the only one who's true. I'm the only one who's always good. I'm the only one who will always love you. I'm the only one who will never leave you. I'm the only one who doesn't change. You're out there and you're trying to find other things in this world to center your life around and every one of those can let you down. Every one of those can be gone in an instant. So those first three commands, God is just saying, you need to know I am the one who created you and once you come to me, I will help you find your life. And then the final six commands are he saying, now these are the things, don't do these. Because these destroy relationships. These destroy your heart, don't do these. How interesting. How interesting that right in the middle of those, God says, chill. And here's why I think he said, take a Sabbath. Because the first three commands will start to slip away unless you take a day a week and give it to God and remember him. I know this. There's nothing within my nature that wants to follow God. and There's nothing in your nature that wants to follow God. We want to do our own thing. We just do. And the world around us is constantly luring us away. Don't follow God. Satisfy your own thing. And so we, if, if, you, if you don't have a day where you get alone and you stop working and you cease and you have a Sabbath unto the Lord, man, you can so wander. So God said, I gotta give you a day. Come back and hang out with me. Remember how good I am and let me love on you. And here's the other thing. If you don't do that, then what happens is those next six things start to get very alluring and you can slip right into them. So right in the middle, God says, listen, I'm going to give you a Sabbath because you're prone to wander and you need to refocus. All right? Because we work, he wants us to rest. Because we wander, he wants us to refocus. And the last one, because we worry, he wants to give us some renewal. Anybody in here ever anxious? I'm telling you, This is the hardest one for me right here because there's so much responsibility that I feel. I'm sure you do as well with your job. I feel so much responsibility about leading this church and everything that goes on that when my day off comes, there's always what? There's always more to do. And I get so anxious because I'm like, but what if I don't do it? What if I don't respond to your email? What if I don't return your call? What if I don't get those things done? And what I realized, God is saying, you know what, Dave? So you think this whole church revolves on you? Do you guys think your whole success of your job, what God is trying to help us to see is this. We want to be in control and we think we are. And you know what happens on the Sabbath? If you really cease from your work, you just have to stop and trust that God's in control. And that the world's not going to stop revolving just because you didn't work on that day. And some of you need to chill in this area right here. And you need to learn to trust God. And he wants to give that to you. So, because we work, rest. Because we wander, refocus. Because we worry, let's renew. All right? Now, I'm going to give you some practical stuff, all right? So there's kind of the heart of why we need to do this. I'm going to tell you, I've been trying specifically now for about three months to do the Sabbath. Anybody else really tried to do the Sabbath before? Okay, like three of you. That's why we're doing this message. No, I'm serious, man. It's hard. This is really hard. I don't know if it's hard for everybody in the world. It's hard for Americans to do the Sabbath, all right? Let's answer Here's one question that comes up. Well, which day Should we do the Sabbath on, right? So before Jesus Christ came, what day was the Sabbath on? Saturday. Saturday. And then he rose from the grave on what day? On Sunday. Now, take this. This is really interesting. Because what happened was there was a complete shift of culture. You guys, this is actually, I think, some decent um, evidence that maybe the resurrection really took place. Because in our culture, we work on Monday, right? That is our first day of work. In their calendar, Sunday was their first day of work. But after Jesus Christ rose from the dead in Acts 20, verse 7, it says, on the first day of the week, that's when they gathered. And eventually, Christianity shifted everything, and now all of culture takes Sunday off instead. Now, except for America, because when America started, they were like, well, should we do Saturday or Sunday? Saturday or Sunday? And so Americans went, let's do both. (laughs) Right? (laughs) this is cool. You, do you guys know this? In the history of the world, we are the first ones who take two days off instead of one. So we basically have told God, we, we don't have to work as much as you've told us to. You know? <laughs> So it's really crazy. But ultimately, it's like, what is the day? I want to tell you, like, Sunday is not my Sabbath, right? This is not my ceasing. This is my longest day. If this is my day off, I'm toast, right? You got to find a day of rest, and you need to find yours as well. In Romans chapter 14, verse 5 and 6, Paul says this, one person considers one day more sacred than another. Uh, Another person, I'm sorry, another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind, whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. What's he saying? It doesn't matter. What matters is you take a day and you set apart to God. All right? So here we go. If you have a pencil and paper, I'm going to give you about seven things about how you can actually do a Sabbath well, and then I'm going to give you four things that will inhibit you from doing Sabbath well. All right? Here we go. Nice and quick. What do we do on a Sabbath? Sabbath. Number one, you cease from work. Now, you know, you're going, I know, didn't you tell us that? Let me, let, me, let me share this with you. Dallas Willard defines a Sabbath as this, a 24-hour period where you produce nothing. Try that. This is unbelievably hard. I mean, I have agonized. I haven't rested very well yet on Sabbaths because I'm like, do nothing? To, to produce nothing? Nothing. It's really, really hard to actually cease from work. Eugene Peterson, this is how he defined a Sabbath for him, another spiritual leader. He said, for us, he said, we could do anything but nothing that was necessary. We could do anything but nothing that was necessary. I'm telling you guys, man, to get to the place, because there's always something that has to be done. And to find a day where you're not going to do anything you have to do is really, really, really hard. And so I'm struggling with that. I'm trying to figure that out. But that's what a Sabbath is. It is ceasing, stopping from work, okay? So that's the first thing you do on a Sabbath. Here's the second thing. The Sabbath is to the Lord. You Sabbath to the Lord. You cease to Him. And so somewhere on the Sabbath day, you gotta take some time and just, and just lift your eyes up again to God. And the cool thing is, you guys, you can do this in many different ways. For some of you, man, it's, it's, it's music that just totally connects you with you, with God. And So stick your earphones on, man, you know, and go take a run or whatever you do. Like for me, I, I love podcasts. I have so many guys that are phenomenal teachers around the nation, and I get their podcasts, but when do I have time to listen to them? Well, on a set, I can stick them in my earphone and go ride a bike and just listen and absorb, and it ministers to my soul. For some of you, go take a walk in nature. Just take a walk and just start dialoguing with God. It doesn't matter. But somewhere within a Sabbath, you got to take this day and make it different than every other day. For, some, for a lot of you, are you Sabbathing right now? I don't know, am I? Yes, you are. <laughs> so no, seriously, this is, this, for some of you, this is your day. It's your Sabbath day. And you're taking this moment, this hour and a half that we are together, right, to just let God speak to you. And you're focusing on Him. So that's cool. Stop working. Sabbath to the Lord. Number three, Spend time with others on the Sabbath, okay? So for, for some of you in this room, how many of you are so busy that you never even get, even get to spend time with the people you love? Anybody got people like that? I mean, I, that's, and so on the Sabbath, actually in Leviticus, it says the Sabbath is a day for sacred assembly, for holy assembly, for a different time. And that's why we do gather on a Sunday together. But I'm telling you, to take a day and to make it different, God has created us for relationship, and some of us need to just take that day and spend it with the people we love, all right? Cease from working, Sabbath to the Lord, spend time with others. Number four, this is my favorite one, enjoy life. Just enjoy life. See, this was the problem in the Old Testament. Who were the people? I mean, the religious leaders were the most boring, most depressing, most heavy people, right? Right? And they're all like, come follow God. It's the Sabbath. Why are you doing this? They, this? they had no joy. And I'm telling you what, man, Jesus radiated joy. He radiated peace and he radiated love. And so on the Sabbath day, God, in, in 1 Timothy it says, he created everything for our enjoyment. And I'm telling you, are you not glad we live here? Because I'm telling you, man, there's a lot of places to enjoy. His creation and his life. I want to tell you, on the Sabbath, you should be having some fun. You should just be having fun, enjoying your Creator as He created you to do. So, cease from working. Sabbath to the Lord. Spend time with others. Enjoy life. Number five, take a nap. Take a nap. Hey, I hear an amen. Take a nap. All right, sweet. Can I, let me ask you this. How many of you, if you were actually going to take a day off, would struggle to nap? I mean, that's me. It's weird, man. I mean, I'm trying to do the Sabbath thing and I'm dead tired and I still feel like I can't nap. That's just wrong, right? Because I got so much to do. And, and But I'm telling you, for some of you, the best way you could worship God this week is go take a nap. Seriously. Because you would just... Now, some of you are like, quit napping, okay? Wake up. Get back into life, all right? Some of you are, seriously, there's a, I remember uh, about a year ago, we had you list off a lot of the things that you were struggling with, some of your biggest struggles. I was shocked. We gotta do something about this. I was shocked how many people wrote down, I'm lazy. No, I mean, seriously, there was, it it came at at one of the top things that came in was my laziness. So again, for some of you, you need to stop napping. But for many of you, (laughs) many of you, if you napped, you would be telling God, I will rest in you and I will trust you and it would be great for your soul. All right, next one, um, create a ritual. Now, I know as soon as I hear the word ritual, I'm like, oh, I don't want ritual. But, but what I mean by this is this, I'm discovering it's really hard to get my soul to a place where I'm actually resting. And so as I was studying this, one guy said, so what you may need to do is create something that every time the Sabbath comes, you have a ritual that kicks you into rest. Does that, does that make sense? So six days, you're working. It's like, okay, how do I kick in now to rest gear? For some of you, your ritual is, I'm going to go to church on Sunday. Great, awesome. Then use this as a ritual that now, as you walk out of here today, is going to have your soul need more at rest okay? For some of you, it might be a bike ride or a walk in nature or music. I don't know what it is. I'm still trying to figure out mine, to be honest with you, but I realize that Susie and I need to figure out a a ritual, something that'll kick us into rest to make sure that this day looks different than all the others, all right? Here's the last one. Um, You may need to get out of your rut. As one guy said, um, um, sometimes when you're home, all you can see is what you need to do, right? (laughs) And so it's really hard to rest. And he said, he said, if you're going to change your pace, you may need to change your space, which means you might just need to get out of the home so you actually can be at a place where you can rest. All right. So there you go. There's some ways that can help you on just how you actually do a Sabbath. Now, let me hit you really quick with what can inhibit your Sabbath. Number one is religious rules. If you turn this into a religious rule that you have to do, it will kill your joy and you won't rest. So funny, I was playing uh, the game, Would You Rather, with my family. You guys know that game? And so as we were playing that, I, I eventually threw one out, and I said, hey, you guys, if you could vacation anywhere in the United States, where would you vacation? And my wife Susie just said, man, on a beach, I'd want a beach house with a deck, and I would just sit out there, and I would read a book for seven days straight. And I'm like, God, it's hell. What is this? Are you kidding me? You know? And so, I mean, if we're having a party every day, you know, then we could. I mean, so that's just Susan and I are so different, right? And so if she would say, if it's a Sabbath, so Dave, you need to read, I'm like, all right, you know, and if it's a Sabbath, no, Susan, we got to be with people all day. She'd be like, oh, so you can't, you guys following this? You can't say this is how you have to do it. Every one of us, I will, I will say that no matter who you are, I still think there's something really good about some time alone with him and some time with people, but Don't make it a religious rule, okay? Or you'll lose the joy of it, all right? Number two, and this is the most important one for me personally, is rest from work and not from love. Rest from work and not from love. And I've learned this through my vacations, right? Because vacation comes, man, you've been working hard. Vacation, seven days to think about who? (laughs) Me, right? (laughs) I mean, seriously. And so what will happen is I'll go on vacation and I'll do all the stuff I love to do, but my whole focus on vacation was I want to be happy, right? And then I would come home from vacation after a great week and my soul would be about this big. And every time I come back, I'm like, why do I feel so crappy inside? Well, because you thought of yourself all week. Seriously, you guys, Christ rested from his work. He never rests from love. And I think that's why on the Sabbath day when he saw someone who was blind, he'd heal their sight. And if he saw someone who was lame and crippled, he'd heal them because he loved them. So don't, you guys are following this? So on your Sabbath, rest from your work, but not from love, all right? Number three, um, this can ruin your Sabbath is a poor work ethic. And what do I mean by that? If, you, if you're lazy again, if you don't work hard for six days, then you get to the seventh day and you still got stuff you know you should have done. And now you feel like, well, I gotta do it because I didn't do it when I should have. If you work really hard for six days, you can let it go and sleep and enjoy your day off. So a poor work ethic can ruin it. And last one is this, um, no plan, <laughs> no plan. And this is where I'm at. I still don't have a plan. I'm still working it out, trying to figure out the Sabbath. But here's what I know about this. One guy said, write your plan in pencil. Okay? So in other words, don't make it a ritual. Again, something you have to do. But as well, if you don't have a plan for your Sabbath, you'll probably have a hard time resting. Okay? All right. So there you go. A top 10 commandment that God has said, if you want your life to flourish, work hard for six days and rest really well in me. And you guys, is that not cool? Again, I'm just so glad we have a God who's done that. I say, let's do this. Let's take him up on his word and figure out how it can help us. So,